0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest Skewed and Reviewed Cast. I'm Gareth, creator of Skewed and Reviewed, and you can catch us online at sknr.net as we cover all things movies, games, television, travel, entertainment, pop culture, and more. You can also catch me each week on BJ Shea's Geek Nation on KSWFM. We put up the simulcast on Friday. We've got a nice segment coming up this week. And also, we've got the network of papers, PannalCentral.com. That's uh, 12 uh, pa- uh, 12 papers, 21 markets. Keyword skewed. You can see our gaming reviews. Catch us on Sci-Fi Radio each week, and of course, Skewed Reviewed the magazine. We're working on the December issue right now, we hope to have that out in a little while because uh, deadlines are coming up. Not just the holidays. We've got some travel coming up. A lot of stuff going on. We've got Victor in Los Angeles. He's heading down to Sesame Place tomorrow to, uh, or excuse me, Sunday and uh, the weekend, Saturday. I'll get it right one of these days to cover uh, some of their holiday events. And uh, they have a media day going on. And C's going to cover that. We're going to be covering some stuff at Knott's Berry Farm, uh, hopefully downtown Disney ahead of our uh, holiday uh, Disney Cruise Merry time on the high seas. But before all of that, We've got a lot of stuff, and of course, as we're talking, we may have more news coming in because the Game Awards are going on currently, and all kinds of new trailers are dropping and press releases are coming in as we're recording, so very, very exciting time. And before we get to the first discussion, I wanted to discuss uh, with our usual uh, members, Justin and Michael, uh, first off, I wanted to mention the new expansion for Back for Blood, Rivers. Uh, Blood is out. And I'm uh, looking forward to really getting into this. One of the great things about it is that um, after getting all kinds of cosmetic updates and some little bit of multiplayer mode, we finally got a new chapter uh, for the game with Children of a Worm. And I thought it was quite good. It, you know, it took a while until we got it. But the maps were good, the new enemies were good, the weapons were good, and I thought the storyline was really good, bringing in a new faction, that sort of thing, new uh, forces to contend with, and I'm looking forward to seeing the continuation of that storyline with uh, River of Blood. So that is available now, and uh, definitely looks to be one that you will not want to miss. So gentlemen, we've got the Game Awards uh, kicking off right now. And uh, as we discussed, uh, E3 is coming back very soon. In June, we're going to be seeing E3 and all the great stuff with it. The big video game thing, the first show that is combined with Repop, who have um, worked on PAX and Emerald City Comic Con, New York Comic Con, uh, Star Wars Celebration, tons of stuff. So it's going to be really exciting. Uh, But then, news dropped that the Summer Game Fest is not only going to be back, uh, but they will be doing a live event, and lo and behold, it's happening one week before E3. So, uh, Justin, we'll start off with you. Are you surprised over the timing? What do you make of this? And do you think there's uh, a little more behind the scenes than just basically trying to group it together um, in terms of uh, essentially... You know, really trying to grow the business at the at by using the peak time that everyone's focusing on the return of E3.
1: Yeah, so I do think there is something going on behind the scenes. You know, got the Summer Games Fest is uh, is is kind of Jeff Keighley's uh, baby, and um, he hasn't really made it a secret that he's his, amb- <laughs> his ambition is sort of to kind of take over these events uh as it were you know it he he had been public about not liking the way E3 um was uh was going uh the direction that I was going rather um and you know this is really like the return year for E3 now i i think it would have been a little more uh biting i guess would be the the correct word if it was said during like the same week as E3 that would be that would be a little on the nose um, You know, one week before, I think what that sort of effectively does, in my mind at least, is it does set a bar. So if he comes out and has a bunch of huge reveals the week before E3, it does uh put a lot of pressure on, on the E3 event to up it, right? So it has to follow up uh, or else it's going to be seen as a disappointment. Um, I, I think that's sort of... Uh, the end result of making a decision like this. Now, is this the right thing to do? I think there's probably some kind of animosity kind of stuff going on behind the scenes, uh, p- potentially, but, you know, obviously there's no, like, huge proof of that, but if you just kind of look at the timing here, um, that that's pretty rough. <laughs> that does put a lot of pressure on E3, uh, you know, this debut year where they're supposed to kind of come back in full force, um, you know, it does put some pressure on them because a lot of the stuff that might be big uh, that is revealed at a summer games fest you know won't be able to be revealed at e3 um it does take a little bit of steam out of the event before it even starts so um that 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 is kind of an interesting development there uh that said though you know you kind of look at you know in in their shoes the people running the summer games fest as well um they probably also don't want to be in the situation where they're following up a big event as well. You know, this is a competition now, uh, to kind of be the one to have the bigger show during the summer. Um, so it, it's it is interesting. It, it I think the thing that will that I'm going to be watching for is who decides to go to which event and what games do they decide to show. Um, because that will kind of determine you know in the future for the next several years. Um, which which show during the summer is really kind of be the dominant one?
0: Very interesting way of looking at it. And Michael, your take, please.
2: Yeah, I think it's it is definitely going to be interesting to see where we go from here with um, Summer Games Fest coming out of the gate. You know, first we'll see what they have lined up as far as um, premieres, as far as who's going to attend which show. Um, you know, we've already seen a lot of you know, major uh, publishers pull out of E3 or at least pull their presence from E3 already, um, Sony being one of the key ones. Uh, Nintendo has kind of backed off their presence over the past several years, um, and Nintendo's just had, you know, their state of play kind of the Nintendo, uh, you know, sleeping types of stuff, and they've had some stuff set up as far as... Um, the, the uh, their games and stuff on the show floor, but they haven't really had a presence there. Uh, Xbox has always had a pretty good presence there, um, Bethesda. But again, now that they're part of the Xbox umbrella, um, are they going to have a separate show? Or are they going to have a combined show? And where are they going to um, appear?
1: You know, we've also had
2: EA who have had their own um, show going on, usually at the same time as E3, but not officially as part of E3. Um, so Game Fest is going to be another one of these where um, it's going to depend on who they get, uh, which publishers, and who's going to throw their the, the weight of their show behind which show. I think it would be really interesting to see um, which one can survive, because I really don't know that two game shows within a week of each other, um, kind of along the same lines as to uh, you know the same types of, of announcements, the same types of um, shows, and the same types of uh, publishers and developers, who's going to take the crown of that. So it'll be a very interesting year for sure.
0: And I'm glad you mentioned EA because that was what I was going to bring up about how EA, when they first started doing their own thing, if you remember, they did it in conjunction with E3 in the uh, uh, mindset of it ran before and after the show at e3 i remember the very first year they did it we my wife and i got into town actually we, we were we got there the night before we were at the hotel we got over early uh we couldn't even pick up our badge for e3 yet because the um uh the, bo- the not box office but the press checking area wasn't open and we walked about a block an uh, la block away from the i want i want to say it was at the nokia i, I may be mistaken but we walked away from the convention center, we went over, and that was where EA was. And they had, you know, a very nice setup, and they brought us in, and they showed us Battlefield 1 and then let us play it. They uh, had some swag for us, they had a little box lunch for us when we left. Uh, they let us play, uh, what was it, it was Titanfall 2, we got to, you know, see a video, play it, they had props up, stuff like that. They had their sports games, all kinds of stuff, and it was all time that we got done, And we still got over to um, the convention center, got our badge. And as you know, Michael, before they started to do stuff, the first day was always, it opened up for the press at 12 noon the first day, earlier the days after. So this was all done up. So we had plenty of time to go over, do our EA stuff in the morning. And I remember not only did we not feel rushed, we got through everything. We were sitting in the lounge just enjoying the box lunch they gave us, waiting Uh, for, you know, the noon to come. we had plenty of time to recharge our phones and go on. And then there was also the um, availability that if that didn't work for you, you can come after EA closed its door. I mean, after E3 closed its doors for the day. And then as subsequent years went on, it started to do that. Well, we're going to be the weekend before, or we're going to be this before. So it was clearly, you know, working not to be running at the same time. And I kind of get that. I could see them saying, we can't run this at the same time as E3, so how do you play it? And I think they're kind of trying to play the game of, hey, you out-of-state journalists, come on in for the weekend, or come in and see this, and why don't you just make a whole week of it? Now, you know, that does make it tricky, because I sit there and I say, well, you have one show that, as I understand it, is going to be multiple days. And then you have one show that is kind of a one-day event. And so you have that. I'd be curious to go out and see what they have. But let's be honest, if push came to shove and I have to drive five and a half hours from home to go to this thing, I'm probably going to go to the one that is, uh, you know, multiple days. Now, right now, my hope is to cover both of them. But like you said, it's going to come down to, uh, like anything else, it's a game of chess everyone's going to be curious. Who's going to have what? Who's going to show up where? And then next year, they'll get an idea. Okay, who's coming to this? Who's not coming to this? And then I think it could take a couple of years before we get a scenario where people say, okay, this is now the big one. And uh, talk about big ones. As I uh, was speaking, we just got an update that um, Suicide Squad killed the Justice League had just put a new cinematic out. With a first look as Batman as tribute to Kevin Conroy, it is now scheduled to launch on May 26, 2023. So, look at that, breaking news right there. So, moving on to the next topic I want to discuss, and let's talk about DC, since we just talked about uh, Justice League. Well, we're hearing word that the new people, James Gunn and crew, that are overseeing the uh, DC Universe, have basically put the kibosh on a brand new uh, Wonder Woman movie and are also apparently going to have Jason Momoa move on from the uh, role as Aquaman, possibly taking on the role of Lobo in the future. And then we're hearing everything that such things such as Man of Steel 2 may be in in jeopardy, We've heard reports just minutes before we started the show that apparently um, studio executives were not too uh, happy with the script for Wonder Woman 3. They said they saw a lot of issues, allegedly, that brought to mind the disappointment of Wonder Woman 84. They sent notes to Patty Jenkins, and she apparently wanted no part of it and walked away from the project unwilling to rewrite her uh, screenplay. So... Michael, start us off. What do you make of this?
2: Yeah, I think this has been the problem with the DC attempt to make a cinematic universe that, you know, follows Marvel's cinematic universe. And, and the reality is, it's consistency or their lack thereof consistency. You know, the first Wonder Woman movie was praised as was one of the high points of the series, only to be followed up with a sequel that was,
0: you know, lukewarm. bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we also, we also see, um, the same
2: with, you know, the, the, you know, any the, the Suicide Squad, the initial one, not very good, but then the second one was really good. Um, and that's been the problem all along. They're not only changing actors, but changing, um, the consistency, um, you know, Batman v Superman, um, again, it didn't necessarily live up to expectations, And that, I think, is one thing where even some of the Marvel movies that haven't been outstanding have still held up fairly well on their own, right? Maybe we're talking, you know, 70 on Rotten Tomatoes versus a 90 on Rotten Tomatoes or something along those lines where maybe it's not the critical hit that some of them are. But I don't think any of them have been just downright terrible, Um, whereas DC just really, for whatever reason, just can't maintain any sort of consistency when it comes to scripts, uh, screenplays, when it comes to actors, when it comes to um, storylines. I think they do better when they're doing one-off type movies, Um, you know, kind of like Joker, which technically doesn't fall necessarily within the DC um, cinematic universe, but was a critically acclaimed movie nonetheless. Um, The Batman again being another one that again isn't really part of the cinematic universe, but was again another movie that was, you know, well received. And then, of course, any of these ones where they try to follow them up with sequels, try to build on the cinematic universe, it's just really hit or miss. And it's really unfortunate because if you look at the the DC animated movies, the DC uh, animated shows, those have always been, you know, for the most part, fairly consistently well received, uh, fairly consistently put together storylines that have been outstanding. But for whatever reason, when it comes to um, doing live action movies in the DC universe, um, they really just lack the, uh, the consistency to develop um, quality shows. I mean, if you look at things like um, even the streaming shows, uh, Titans, if you look at Doom Patrol, these are all movies, I mean, all shows that do excessively well season after season, yet they cannot get any consistency on the big screen. And it's really unfortunate. Um, and again, I think there's a lack of a common vision, a lack of a goal as to what all these movies are trying to uh, obtain or portray. I mean, that's where I think the Marvel Cinematic Universe has really been successful, at least in the previous iterations, was there was a common goal that all the movies were were going towards. And all of those movies kind of built on one another. Sure. You can see, you know, you can miss one of them and, and not necessarily miss out on everything, but there were a lot of Easter eggs, a lot of um, things that, that are built on that. If you didn't see, um, you know, one of the captain America movies or one of the guardians movies, uh, and then you watch an Avengers movie, maybe you missed some stuff just because you didn't, they didn't, you didn't follow the, cont- the continuity of those scripts. Um, but DC just isn't there? It, for whatever reason, every time they try to reboot it, it, it tends to be not necessarily as good or even better than their previous iterations. And, and I don't really, I don't understand where where that, where that falls and why it seems to be so hard to get consistent stories. Because I will admit that the DC characters, in my opinion, are some of the stronger ones and have always been my favorite, Batman being one of them. But I'm constantly let down by the DC and the DC films that they try to put together um, so again in, until they start get some cons, you know consistency some develop some plan as to how they want to expand the universe and, and develop the universe. I think we're going to continue to see um, lackluster releases and, and flops uh, and just inconsistency across the board.
0: makes sense, Justin your take please
1: Yeah, I think uh, Michael's definitely right and makes some really good observations. I think the fatal flaw for DC. Was really just from the outset, and you know, this is I, I I'm someone who is unashamedly a fan of uh, of uh, Man of Steel. I, I like actually liked Man of Steel a, a decent amount. Um, you know, Wonder Woman was pretty good. I think where it really kind of like to me, uh, you really could start to see the the flaws of what they were trying to do was Batman versus Superman. Um, it really seemed to me like the 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 flaw uh, from the outset was that dc was chasing uh marvel's success and instead of kind of doing the building block style that marvel did which you know took a couple years for them to even get to the point where um they they could really do the big event movies with that were uh you know was crammed full of characters they had to build up to that they they did several they did a whole phase where there was individual movies that introduced introduced us to all these different characters and kind of weaved them together and the other you know key factor was that they all very like to, to michael's point they were all very consistent like you knew you were watching a marvel movie um you know there's a couple where you know i i think they faltered a little bit and they maybe you know the the first incredible hulk movie kind of feels a little bit different than the the rest of the mcu but i think they were still trying to find their footing back then and now they've sort of hit their stride and like you know for better or worse i mean i know it's something that people criticize but uh, that some people criticize but every marvel movie immediately when you're when you're in the chair and you're watching it you know it's a marvel movie they all are very consistent um just in style and in tone and uh, even, you know, to an extent, the visuals. Um, DC really struggled with that. And they, they call it the Snyderverse, but how much is Zack Snyder really even involved in it? Like, uh, he, I don't think he's been involved in it in a long time. Um, it's certainly not from, like, a, a standpoint that Kevin Feige was or, or is for Marvel. Um, so you know, I, there have been movies that DC has put out that I, that I have liked. I have not really been a fan of the, of their, um, their universe for a long time. Um, but, uh, they have put out individual movies that are, that are pretty high quality. Um, you know, I was, I really liked the Batman a lot. Um, but even, even that, you know, sort of speaks to, uh, the, the kind of, you know, kind of sad state that the DC uh, just cinematic uh, endeavor is is in, because um, the fact that that was a a good movie could not really be folded into their larger cinematic universe kind of spoke to, you know, that their their cinematic universe was really kind of in a sorry state. I mean, uh, it probably would have been beneficial for them to end it earlier and kind of restart it under a new a new attempt a long time ago, but I think a string of a few successful hits, I think kind of kept this thing going longer than it probably should have, because like you had mentioned, uh, even though Wonder Woman one was, was good uh, that sequel was not well-received um, justice league, which was supposed to be kind of like the big Avengers movie for them was not well-received until uh, you know, they kind of were dragged into making a, a re-release of it many years later so Uh yeah i mean i just i think it's probably for the best i know there's a lot of people out there that are that are a fan uh of uh the dceu but i think it's probably for the best that they just restart this um and try again
0: yeah i think you're absolutely right and i think the fact that they have james gunn and you know for lack of a better word you can say the buck stops here that you've got him and his partner now the big question i have is How much autonomy are they going to have or is it still going to be uh, Warner Discovery calling all the shots? Because they have been notoriously ruthless with the shows as they attempt to get budget and other financial uh, issues, um, you know, under wraps. And we're hearing all kinds of crazy stuff about, you know... uh, Black Adam losing 50 to $100 million, and I kind of got a a bit of a chuckle over that, not over the disappointment of it, but the fact that, you know, you compare things to Marvel. When you get these people that are complaining about they don't like the new phase, and they didn't like the new Thor as much, and they didn't like this one as much, but guess what, they all make money. And then I was thinking about the Eternals, you know, the one that everyone says, oh, that's kind of the disappointment of the Marvel series and da, 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 da. Well, in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of a new wave, they put it out and still made over $400 million, still made more money than Black Adam. And that just goes to show you that even the most, you know, derivative, uh, no, I shouldn't say derivative, but... uh, the, the the least well-received Marvel movie in recent history, e- even in the middle of a new wave and a pandemic, did better than the most recent DC offering. And that is, a I think, a major, major, uh, you know, point as to just where the two franchises uh, are now. And then, to me, I think the big problem, like you said, there's no lack of direction. They, uh, there's a complete lack of direction. Excuse me. They're doing, you know... the. Well, we're starting these films, and we're doing these films. Well, nope, 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 we're going to cancel it. No, nope, it's going to be a TV show. Nope, it's going to be a movie. Hey, we got Michael Keaton back, but don't look over here, because here's uh Pattinson as our other Batman. But don't worry, we're going over here with the Joker movie. But hey, it's completely unrelated in a different universe. That's why we can put Lady Gaga in as uh, Harley Quinn, and we don't have to worry about Margot Robbie over here. And it's like, that is how you end up losing a fan base. Can you imagine... If Marvel was playing around and had, like, two or three different versions of Iron Man in their live-action films, I mean, that would be chaos. And I think Gunn has definitely got the right idea that, you know, all right, let's streamline this. But I sit there and I look at some of the things, and apparently they're still going full-on in Blue Beetle. I have no idea who the hell Blue Beetle is. I, you know, I grew up reading comic books. I followed both DC and the Marvel don't know a darn thing about him. and it's like very hard for me to get excited. By contrast, if you take a Marvel character that I do not know as much about, I'm going to be a lot more excited about that because there's trust in the brand name. Like you said, Justin, you know what to expect. So you can take the most obscure Marvel character, throw them right up there on the screen, and I'm going to say, yep, it's time to go because I, I know we're going to get Uh, what's taken what's expected and so it will be interesting so the final things i wanted to discuss tonight really quick i've already uh, talked about it briefly in the past but uh, we have three new trailers drop recently the big ones of course for indiana jones and uh, also for the new transformers and of course last but not least the new guardians of the galaxy volume three trailer so justin start us off what was your take on these three
1: So, um, I'll start with Transformers, um, because, uh, when I was a kid, uh, Beast Wars was my thing, uh, or, or one of them, you know, Godzilla, Beast Wars, uh, I don't know, Dragon Ball, like, uh, I was really, really, really into, into Beast Wars, like, a lot. Um, I was, I, you know, before when I grew up, uh, Transformers itself really wasn't on much, so um, I, I was aware of it, you know, I had the toys, but Beast Wars was, like, one of my top favorite shows, so, um, I knew that this movie was being made, uh, but I had completely forgotten about it, so when the trailer came out, it was kind of a a pleasant surprise, so, um, you know, I, I, I'll go over what I, I, I'm, I'm mostly looking forward to it, I'm mostly excited, I, I do have, like, some minor critiques, but, um, I guess to go over what I like, so uh, I think one thing I do like quite a bit is the designs of the robots. Um, are very clean. Uh, it's still, you know, consistent with the rest of the series. But I think one thing that I've, I liked quite a bit about Bumblebee, and I'm liking about this the the way that they're taking the visuals in this, is uh the designs of the of the of the Autobots the Decepticons and you know the Maximals the Predacons is it they they look really clean very uh focused designs uh more so than like the when Michael Bay was directing them they the Michael Bay designs for all of the um the Transformers it they look cool but they're very busy so uh that was kind of like a double-edged sword thing where like initially yeah like okay looks cool and spiky but Um, I, I think I prefer the more kind of clean design that these newer movies, Bumblebee and now this one, uh, has for the robots. Um, you know, and obviously being Beast Wars centric, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to it from that, from that standpoint. I guess where I have some questions is, uh, you know, Beast Wars was set in basically prehistoric times, so it is already very different than, um... Then obviously it's source material. Uh then again, you know, you you kinda have to do this. I, I get it, because you gotta have human characters, you gotta uh also like factor in, you know, this is the continuation of the existing Transformers franchise. There's no way they were gonna set it in like ten thousand BC or whatever. Um so I, I do definitely get that, but I am I'm just I am kinda questioning the uh the, the modern uh take on it and how they're gonna fit in the Maximum of the Predacons. and then I guess my only very minor critique is uh for being a movie that is about the you know pretty much like bringing the Beast Wars into the Transformer series. There really wasn't any or there I shouldn't say any. There really weren't, wasn't much uh in in the way of like Maximals and Predacons in this trailer. Uh very 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 little so um I'm looking forward to it. I'm really curious about it. I honestly actually uh, of the 3, I think I might I might be the most interested in seeing where this goes. Uh, it might, it might not be the best of the three, but, um, it's certainly the one that I, I think, uh, you know, just for nostalgic purposes, I'm kind of the most interested in seeing like how it turns out. Um, Indiana Jones looked really good. Um, you know, I, uh, that, that's another one that I'm kind of wondering how they're going to pull it off just because, you know, and I, I honestly, i the last movie is very, very controversial, especially among like my my uh the the people I know i it might be more you know that might be my perspective that uh, maybe it's more controversial among the people I know than it actually is, but it it really does seem like one of those kind of divisive movies. I actually kind of liked it um you know i I get I totally understand the criticisms i I've heard of it um, but I do kind of wonder you know watching this trailer uh for, for indiana jones it it just didn't really wow me in the way that you know uh, that that i would expect it to for such a big franchise um so i guess i what i'm mostly wondering is how they're gonna how they're gonna like live up to the legacy of of indiana jones um uh, is it like an idea that's already kind of been played out um you know but it does look good it does look interesting um and then guardians of the galaxy Again, looks really good. Um, I think that's another one that uh, I don't really have any concerns about. So I I think that the trailer kind of um, did a good job kind of setting up what it's going to be about. And, um, you know, tonally, it looks pretty consistent with the the rest of them. So I'm looking forward to that, too.
0: Very good. And Michael, your take, please. Yeah, I'm going to start on Transformers
2: too because I think I agree with Justin. That's one of the ones I'm most excited about. Because um, I was a little concerned um, how they were going to tie the, the Maximals and Predacons together with um, current-time uh, Optimus Prime and the Decepticons. And I agree. I think the, the models, the character models in particular for um, RC, who looked really good, um, and Optimus Primal, I thought the way they made a mechanical uh, animal look... I thought they did a fantastic job. I think it's very, very true to keeping with a more modern, um, you know, mechanical version of a beast, um, yet still having the contours, the lines, so it doesn't look jagged and, and to get busy, as Justin put it. Because I, I understand what Michael Bay was attempting to do was, I think in, in his vision, he was attempting to think of what would a Transforming robot really look like, right? The cartoon was a lot more uh, visually, you know, looked more robotic. It didn't try to stay true to the, the actual what an actual you know vehicle form would look like. And I think Michael Bay was trying to say, hey, this is what if a car really transformed, it would kind of look like this. And and to me, and I think a lot of uh, G1 fans in particular. That wasn't necessarily what we were looking for. And, and I, I liked, what I really liked about Bumblebee was the beginning where we got to see Cybertron. We got to see a lot of them in the, in what would look like an updated version of the G1 form, which I think is a lot of what folks wanted to see in the Michael Bay movies, at least I did. Um, one of my, I think my biggest complaint about the, 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 the preview and I think it's been confirmed or rumored that Wheeljack is the VW bus in the trailer. Um, Wheeljack's always was, you know, my personal favorite. He was my first um, G1 transformer that I got as a kid. He's always been my favorite of the series. Um, he was always, um, as, you know, always depicted as, you know, a Lancia Stratos. Um, so if they really turn him into a Volkswagen bus, I'm gonna have some issues with that. Uh, but otherwise, I thought. They did a really good job. I I still don't know why they keep wanting to make Bumblebee a Camaro. I understand they're wanting to tie it to the Michael Bay films, as kind of a you know Bumblebee was kind of a soft reboot. I really wish they would stop trying to make. I I don't know. I'm not. I'm going to be honest. I've never been a a Bumblebee Autobot fan. I didn't like him in the cartoons. I was never. I I was a little worried about the movie because I again was not a big fan of him. Although I thought the movie was fantastic, they did a really good job. But I really wish they would just keep him with his G1, um, you know, Volkswagen Bug persona, and get away from the Camaro. And just in my opinion, never, never fit Bumblebee as a character. Uh, again, maybe that's because I, you know, I, I grew up with the G1 stuff. Uh, but again, I just, I just I'm never liked that. Um, I'm okay with Mirage being turned into a Porsche. I, I know a lot of people want to compare that that to Jazz, because that's Always been kind of Jazz's um, persona from the G1 perspective, but I also understand you're not going to have a, uh, you know, an Indy car or an F1 car driving around the streets and making that look like it's a, you know, <laughs> not a very good disguise. So I understand, I understand that. And I'm okay with, with that as a whole. Uh, but I, I I am excited. I th- I'm hoping it'll be more Bumblebee and less Michael Bay um, type storyline. Um, so I am looking forward to that. Um, Indiana Jones. Uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I always, I always kind of worry when they start what looks to be like a, a a time travel type movie. You know, we're seeing a lot of him back. You know, you know, fighting Nazis, World War II type stuff. I know they did a lot with uh, the de aging of uh, Harrison Ford for the character. Um, and much like I had a problem with the Crystal Skull, is I I was always more interested in Indiana Jones. From the archaeology perspective, um, a lot more, you know, less of the supernatural. Yes, I understand the Ark of the Covenant had, um, you know, ghosts and stuff, spirits come out of it at the end. I understand there was always a supernatural element to that. But I, I, I always preferred when they kept it more in line with, you know, an archaeological dig or an archaeological find. Uh, and that's why I didn't like the, the, the whole alien premise of the Crystal Skull, and, and I'm not really sure how to feel about this. Um, you know, again, the story hopefully will be will be good, um, but again, I kind of takes takes it away from what I was hoping they would do with an Indiana Jones uh, movie. But we'll we'll see. Uh, and Guardians three again um, didn't see it a lot, um, but it, but I you know it does seem to you know it'll be kind of a, a Kind of a, a, a you know probably an ending tour of the the Guardians movies as a as a, as a full on movie um, but hopefully we'll all continue to see them and um, additional you know uh, additional views of them in other movies but yeah I, I think it'll be good I I've, I've always been uh, pleased with Marvel and again their consistent approach to the movies and the Guardians have always always been you know fantastic movies even their uh, their holiday special which was a little good. But I thought it was um overall it was it was it was a pretty cute way to to
0: tie things together. So of course I'm looking forward to that movie also. Well that sounds good. Yeah, I think uh they all look interesting. I'm very curious with Transformers to see what a film that's not basically under Michael Bay's hand is going to look like. I think, you know, not turning this into the Michael Bay Bash Fest, but let's be honest, he has basically had a very, very large hand in that series, uh, the live-action uh, series from the beginning, and for him not to be so prominent is going to be a very interesting uh, new way of looking at things. So uh, should be interesting. should be interesting indeed. And, of course, Indiana Jones, I'm hoping that this will... Uh, you know, I'm tempering my expectations with this one simply because the first film was so good. And even though the other films were not bad, I think we can all agree that the second and third films were not as good as the original film. And then, of course, as we mentioned, the fourth film, well, you know, you don't find people coming out and saying, oh, it was really good. I liked it. It was just, you know, you you have people saying it sucked to, well, I was disappointed, but, you know, there's some good stuff in it. And I think, uh, again, this will be an interesting twist because now we have a a situation where Steven Spielberg is not directing this one. George Lucas was not involved in it. And so it'll be interesting to see, you know, what someone else taking a shot at it. You know, we saw that happen with Star Wars. What happened when George was no longer there, even coming up with a storyline or producing it. And, you know... People have said, "Oh, it stinks." George needs to come back, but then other people have said, "Well, I don't know. We've had some, you know, between the live-action shows, the animated shows, uh, Rogue One. I know the, uh, the prequels have been divisive, but there has been some good stuff. So maybe a fresh take, both with Transformers and Indiana Jones, is going to be what it takes. Then, of course, Guardians looks like it's going to be, as James Gunn promised, a darker, um, but emotional outing that is going to wrap up this incarnation of the uh, Guardians, so it will be really, really good to see. Anyway, uh, final thing I have tonight, folks, is that the trailer for Jedi uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor has dropped. We did put it on the page. It looks fantastic, and uh, I'd be very curious to see what you folks make of that, but until next week, everybody take care, be well, and stay safe. We'll see you soon.